Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspectives to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Andre, thanks for coming back. Uh, another episode uh, with the Agile Coach. We are in this episode. We want to talk about uh, your work that you did, your uh, your transition story into product uh, ownership and product management. So let's start with you know you went to school for pharmacy or you were in pharmacy for a little bit, and you're going to go become a doctor, and then suddenly you're a product owner, senior product owner, and you're leading a product management team at Mastercard. So tell us about your uh, story, transition story. Yeah, so absolutely correct. Went to pharmacy <laughs> school and worked in pharmacy for a while. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't really for me. Um, I don't know. I just wasn't happy. Like I was doing the job for like five years and I just, you know, it's the same thing over and over. And it wasn't playing to my strengths either. So what I found out was I was actually pretty decent at the business side of things, right? And then I always found tech interesting. So I ended up going to business school and got my MBA. And then from there, um, I was looking at, you know, different opportunities. So a family friend of mine um, was an engineering director at Pfizer. So he was like, hey, you know, take a look at Python and, you know, try to do some work there. And so I started coming up with ideas and one was a contract authentication app. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's try to build this. Mm -hmm. And so I actually pitched it to, you know, a colleague of mine who basically wanted to give me uh, about 10 million for 10%. And so, you know, that was kind of like the first advent of, oh, this is, you know, product management. And so I was like, that was cool. Now that fell through. So I'm definitely not rich by any stretch. Um, but that was, you know, kind of the initial vein. And so then I started working with, you know, doing some SMB consulting and working with you guys and, um, you know, started doing some product owner work and I had some of that, you know, initial experience of building some of those products. And, uh, you know, after working with you guys for a little while, then I transitioned into another consulting gig and then did some product management work, doing some B2C consulting, um, or not consulting B2C product management and, uh, you know, continued growing and, you know, now I'm a director. Andre, second question for you is, what do you like about tech, working in tech? Yeah. So I think I've told you guys this before, but tech is my second love. First one is my kiddo, <laughs> but the second one is, is tech, definitely. So um, I think what I like about working with tech is that, you know, it's, the next frontier, in my opinion. So I'm a huge Theodore Roosevelt fan. I believe in like speak softly, carry a big stick. And I think that, you know, as humans, we need some frontier to challenge us and for us to grow, right? And so Elon Musk will argue space. I'll argue that it's digital, right? So with tech, you can be as creative as you want to be. You can build whatever you want and you can turn it into a career, right? You can always learn. You can always grow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I was kind of curious. Um, obviously, there are like product owner, product management, just going on product roles are, it's one of the hottest career out there right now. Um, but I mean, I don't think, I mean, 
I don't want to say that, that not everybody, that everybody cannot be a product owner, but like, you know, what are some backgrounds that, that you've seen? Um, it's not that you can go to school to get a product management or product owner degree, but like there are certain um, background or professional background that somebody currently has that would suit them better or that would help them have a lot, like a lot of these transferable skills for going into, you know, product roles. Um, what are some of those roles you would say um, that can have that easier transition? If you are looking for a career transition, like what are some, some uh, professional careers that can easily make that transition to product? Yeah. So I think a lot of business domains are great areas to start in, right? Mm -hmm. Because with business, you're looking at how do you help a company grow? How do you help mm -hmm. a company succeed, right? So mm -hmm. some of that, you know, inert product thinking comes from a business perspective. So mm -hmm. when you look at a lot of the tech, you know, top tech companies, a lot of product managers they hire have an MBA for good reason, yeah. right? Now, you don't have to join a top tech company. You can join any company and be a product manager. So if you have like a business background or a sales background where you actually can think about profit and what the customer need is, really easy to transition. And then also if you have any specific domain experience, so let's say if you're going to work for Pfizer, right? And you're looking to build out some technology for their drug reps. So if you were, let's say, going to pharmacy school, like my background, you could easily transition into health tech or pharmaceutical technology or something along those lines. So domain experience is an easy way to get into uh, the product field. Andre, what uh, what do you think, you know, you've actually uh, introduced a, a good friend of you, uh, yours who was in sales uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, a handful of folks have gone through and become like a product owner. Uh, what do you think about somebody coming from tech sales uh, and their potential to break into product ownership. Oh yeah, absolutely. I sometimes mm -hmm. I even see product managers going from product management into being like a solution architect and working like to help shepherd that sales process, right? So mm -hmm. I think sales is a great way to break into product management because you do have that people communication skills. You think about success, you think about revenue. And then you're also getting customer feedback, right? So you mm. are working with product every now and then by providing input of what the customer wants. And second, with product management and product ownership, you care a lot about go-to-market strategy. And so when you're thinking about go-to-market strategy, you have three real main components. You have sales, you have marketing, and then you have customer success. So if you're coming from a sales background, you essentially have all three of those, right? Yeah. So I definitely think sales is a great way to kind of transition to product management. Yeah. What what might be some motivation um, <laughs> for somebody in SDR or account executive role? Um, you know, just kind of giving them, you know, like an idea of what it might be look like, you know, taking that skill set and going to product. What might yeah. be some upsides to that? Yeah. And I I think it depends on your personality, right? Some people love the hustle. And mm -hmm. the people that do and don't mind, you know, instability, which you know, I don't want to say sales is not stable, but mm -hmm. it's definitely, in my opinion, less stable than, you know, product management. If you want the yeah. stability, if you want to raise a family, you know, product management is a great way to, you know, transition to something new that's very lucrative, right? Yeah. And then with an SCR, an account executive, I'm not saying product management isn't stressful, but it's a different kind of stressful, Right. Um, 
at the end of the day, like results matter, but you work with the team. When you're working in sales, a lot of times you do feel a little siloed off. You feel like you're on your own little island, right? Yeah. With product management, you have an engineering team that works with you to make sure that that product comes to fruition. So not everything's on you. And I recommend you never work in a silo if you're in product management. Um, Andre, kind of curious, and I'm sure, you know, some of the product owners who are kind of listening to this are curious since we are talking to a product manager, uh, because that's probably the career transition or trajectory they, they kind of want to go on. Um, cause you've grown from a product owner to a product manager pretty quickly. What are some things that you did and some tips that you would have for somebody who's been hanging around as a product owner for a couple of years, but haven't been able to make that stretch to go become a product manager? Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, when I was a product owner, I was thinking more in terms of my specific team and then delivering on requirements, right? So it was a little more delivery focused. It was a little more siloed, right? Now, I started thinking about how can we optimize this and what are some areas for growth? So with product management, I started thinking about what the competitive landscape looks like and started thinking about what's it ultimately going to take for this product to be successful and not necessarily just deliver this product by this date, right? Um, and I started thinking more in, in terms of like a business owner, right? So started thinking about who are our competitors, what other functionality could benefit this product, and then when would it even make sense for the user to get this in their hands, right? Um, so I started integrating a lot more of that business side into how I would think and into my daily activities and daily process. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I guess, it, was there any specific book or anything that you would recommend yeah. for people to kind of get that thinking or is it something that people kind of grow into? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, with business school, I learned a lot about like SWOT analysis, gap analysis, market mm. analysis, but I'm a fangirl for Marty Kagan, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, I heard about the book Inspired and mm. I was like, okay, That's cool. Let's read this. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking phenomenal book, right? Um, and so I read through Inspired, read Empowered, and just started reading a ton of books. But, you know, as you guys already know, I, I love reading. So, I, you know, I try to knock out a book every like two weeks or so. Um, but Inspired was really like my first, like, real insight into product management because I, you know, I did some product management, but I really didn't understand like, what does it really mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I've, I've, I've kind of seen you just, I think it's that initiative, right? Like if you are just hanging out as, as a product owner and you kind of want to continue doing that. I mean, there's a lot to grow into being a product owner as well, but anytime like you want to have a career advancement or kind of want to have grow into that leader role I mean it just kind of doesn't just fall in your hand I mean you do have to take a lot of initiative from your side and and really kind of stretch and have that growth mindset around like hey can I find some mentors who are product managers that I can learn from can I watch some podcasts listen to some podcasts so I mean it is and, and I've seen you do that it is that um that drive, drive in a sense to like, okay, how do I keep getting better at doing some of these things to be a, be a product manager or just any career advancement. And I've kind of seen you do that. So I know you're kind of being humble in there, but you've worked pretty hard for that. Well, um, <laughs> I think, I think you're right, <laughs> but, um, you know, with, 
with anything, you have to really enjoy it to grow into it. I think I mm-hmm. don't think you can just kind of fall upwards. You yeah. might like once or twice, but you know, with product management, if you don't really care about it, it's kind of hard to do because you are the one who gets blamed for a lot, right? Even when it's not yeah. your fault, like you are, <laughs> you're the person standing in between, you know, yeah. the directors and the VPs and, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the engineering team, right? The initiative I think is, is huge. Yeah. What else, Andre? I'm, I'm always giving you as an, as an example of somebody who did, um, who came to the field, so curious and moved on and did so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of talk to us about your mindset. Like, how, like, how did you do it? Why did you do it? You know, what was the mindset? Anything you can share? Yeah. Um, so first of all, you know, I, I found tech incredibly interesting, but I, I also felt like I had this imposter syndrome because I didn't get like, you know, the bachelor's of computer science, right? Now I'm working through like the MS in computer science at Purdue, shameless plug. Um, but, um, you know, I always felt like I didn't know anything, even though, you know, by how much I was reading, I knew quite a bit. And so it was me trying to prove myself in a field that I really genuinely cared about. And at the same time, I'm a parent and I have family. So, you know, I had to grow and I had to be good at this. Didn't want to live in that starving artist phase. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. What, so what is your motivation? Tell, tell us about your motivation. I'm, I'm really curious. Like what motivated you to do so much work? Um, yeah, because you've taken so many courses. I mean, you haven't yeah. given yourself excuses like, oh, you know, product managers don't require to be super technical. You haven't like said that to yourself. You're like, okay, it doesn't require, but I'm kind of, I want to learn this, this and this. And you went and got your SPC and like, you, now you're saying, I didn't even know you were doing MS in, uh, you know, computer science and all, yeah. like you've learned the technical aspect of it too. And there has to be that motivation for sure to do all of this. Yeah, I don't know. So like, I, you know, and it's funny because when I was in in the medical field, um, everyone thought like I didn't care about anything because I was like going through a doctorate program and like wasn't studying at all. And a lot of people assumed I was lazy, but I just wasn't interested in it. With mm. tech, I genuinely think it's fascinating, right? So like, yeah, um, you know, I was on a call with a couple of people. We were working on developing like, you know, a startup. And so I'm like, Hey, let me teach you guys Java. So like, I basically what? gave him a crash course in Java and I was like, all right, so this is, you know, what a class is, this is what an object is, this is what a method is. Right. And I had him in like VS studio code going to town, but I don't know. I, I think the motivation is like, if I genuinely care about something, like I have mm-hmm. to be the best at it. Right. Yeah. Um, if I don't like, yeah, good luck convincing me to do anything, but you know, attack, I just, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. Something just clicked. Yeah. I'm really glad you're no, not I... in pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be giving out those wrong drugs. Just kidding. No. <laughs> uh... <laughs> what? what uh, I'm curious, Andre, yeah. uh, or actually probably after you. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, we're all kind of making it seem like, oh yeah, easy to get into this and like you've grown onto this. But there yeah. are challenges, right? Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm curious, like what were some of the challenges that you faced earlier in your transition and maybe even today that as a product manager um, that you do face, but maybe like start from like when you broke into, you know, product owner and just like product space, like what were some of the challenges that you faced? Cause it wasn't just like rainbows and cloud and, you know. Oh yeah, no. Um, 
So, you know, from the outside looking in, product management looks like such a cakewalk. It's not, right? (laughs) There's like a whole political landscape you have to navigate. And so like with products coming in, like I knew, you know, some of the business stuff from, you know, the MBA and, you know, from previous roles I had in previous experience. And, you know, I was pretty good with people. So like when it came to talking to people, I'm like, okay, I got this in the bag. Now, what I didn't realize is like, you have an engineering team who's like, oh yeah, that's a ton of work. It's not, right? <laughs> and so like, you have to decipher it and figure out like, what's actually true and what isn't, right? So you have yeah. to earn trust, right? Yeah. And so like, you know, something I did when I was a little more experienced was, you know, I was a product manager for a team and I had like a software engineering director who was using story points as a metric. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. So I basically took the Fibonacci scale and modified it by 10. And I'm like, all right, guys, so here's how we're going to roll. A one is a 10, a two is a 20, a three is a 30, a five is a 50, so on and so forth, right? And so they just jacked up their numbers. And initially he's (laughs) like, well, this is going to ruin everything. I'm like, well, no, it's not because their estimates one and two, you should just be looking at the slope, the peaks, the plateaus like what the charts like shape and direction actually looks like. That's all that really matters, right? The actual like numbers, not so much, right? So, you know, that political landscape and then also dealing with people of differing opinions. So, you know, I've been in roles where, you know, I'm a product manager and people are like, oh yeah, you know, no, this is what the priority is. I'm like, well, no, it's not, you know, like I understand you may be, you know, above me in seniority, but that's not really your job. You haven't evaluated all of the, you know, um, considerations that, you know, we need to to push this product to the market. So that's not a priority, Mm. but this is right. So, you know, trimming some of the fat and actually delivering a lean product is a lot more difficult than people think. Yeah. And so how do you, you know, how do you, uh, how do you go about setting that expectation though? Like, I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of, people's skills required to do that I mean you 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 know if somebody's like in a higher role than you you, obviously you're not saying that flat out to their face but like if somebody was struggling I mean maybe you are I don't know maybe you are but like how how do you set that expectation yeah or how did you Um, so you know I've done it in every way you can think of it being done so I have in the past like said to someone, yeah, that's not going to happen. And here's why. (laughs) Um, They didn't like that, but (laughs) they also weren't my direct manager, right? So I wasn't their direct report. So it didn't really impact me. Now, um, what I've also done is, you know, with the stakeholder, I've done like a game of prioritization where I'll have like essentially one note pulled up and, you know, meetings being recorded. They're giving me the priorities. I'm like, I know something isn't a priority. I know it's like the most useless thing they just gave me. And I just threw it in the must have column. And I threw the most important thing in the won't have column. And they looked at me like I was an idiot. And I'm like waiting for them. Like, go ahead and prioritize this for me. And so they did. They're like, well, no, that actually goes into, you know, the W. The other one goes into the M, you know, and I left them prioritize it for me. So I've done it that way in the past. Okay. And then I've also done it in like a more, strategic way because I knew that I couldn't get around this. So I've also handled it where I just kind of played into what they wanted. Right. Mm. So I gave them one thing and then I gave them, you know, 
I had them do a favor for me where I took some work out or like I would reduce the capacity of the team because I knew they were either burning out or whatever. Right. Mm. Um, so I've tried it every way possible and you have to know your audience, you know? Yeah. 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 I think building that trust, right? Like building that trust, building that relationship with some of the folks that you're working with is, it's definitely crucial in there so that way when you're saying okay you know well let's let's try to understand why that might not be a priority you know maybe being curious and why they think that might be a priority because even, even as a business analyst like when I've worked as a business analyst there's been multiple conflicting priorities from multiple different stakeholders and it's like well like you know what is actually the priority and to each of the stakeholders whatever they want that is the priority for them but uh you know asking certain questions i'm sure and building that relationship with them or maybe even getting everybody together like you did to make sure they're all in same same place and they can have that conversation with each other on what is what is the like the number one because there's like you can't have two number ones you can only have one number one right and so right. letting them also kind of decide on what that number one is i'm sure yeah um, and i mean and you have to consider like where your funding is coming from too like sometimes mm -hmm. especially yeah, in the big, big organizations yeah 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 so andre in your going back to your you know story of going and becoming product owner for the first time mm -hmm. what did you what do you think was easier than that? What you thought, like, you know, you had this big thing, okay, I'm going to go become a product owner and, you know, people make up different things, right? I'm pretty sure uh, you made yeah. up easy. What was easier than that, than <laughs> what, that, what you thought? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> so I dealt with massive imposter syndrome coming in. Um, now what I'd say was easier was, um, basically flat out telling the team like, Hey, this is my first time really doing this. So like, help me out. And they were like, mm -hmm. yeah, bro, no problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, getting the team on your side, getting them to trust you, you know, I think being vulnerable was the key. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the tech, right. So like, because I just thought it was cool and I was trying to figure out like, how does this actually work? Like the prioritization became really easy. Cause I was just like, okay, so this can't happen because of this. Yeah. So this has to go in first and this has to fly out because it's critical yeah. for like, you know, potential risk or any like compliance related issues. Right? right. So prioritization wasn't, you know, nearly as bad as people make it out to be. You just have to decide, okay, no, yes, no, yes, maybe later. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'd say those were like the easier functions. Yeah. And what was harder than, than you had estimated? The politics, <laughs> right? Politics. So political, political buy-in, right? Like, um, like a leadership buy-in also when you say, yeah, yeah that's kind of what it like, is. Yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. yeah, like, let's say they, you know, with a product, you ultimately want to make sure that you're doing what you can to solve customer problems. So like making sure you bring that customer centristic approach and like bring the empathy to the table, it's critical, right? But if a stakeholder who's signing your paychecks ultimately wants this to, you know, make it to the market, you yeah. can give them your go. You can provide like some site, some type of like business case or presentation. And that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, like sometimes you just have to suck it up and deal with it. Um, <laughs> and I think that was like the hardest thing for me, especially going from like SMB size to, you know, massive, fortune 50 organizations 
um, that was kind of like where it, it got hard. Yeah. So. No, thank you. Last question for you, Andre, is what is the advice you have for a product owner trying to break in? Um, any advice you have for them? Yeah. So if you're a product owner right now and you want to be a product manager, get to know your domain, right? So if you don't want to learn tech, you don't have to, right? That's not, you know, what we're after. What we want to know is, do you understand what happens if certain parts of the, you know, landscape shift within your industry? Like, let's say if you're working for Nike, what happens if Adidas launches a product, right? Are you aware of what the repercussions could be? So if you work in, let's say, healthcare, sign up for like a ton of healthcare, you know, newsletters and magazines and start to understand what's actually coming down the pipeline. So understand who your competitors are, understand, you know, how companies function and also understand how your customers operate, right? So know the demographics that you're after. That's my best advice. Sounds great. Uh, Andre, thank you again for this amazing, insightful conversation. With that, thanks, Andre. Bye. Cool. See you guys. All right. That's a wrap with this episode. Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.